want to start out by reminding you of the Buddha's words. Whatever a person reflects upon over and over again, to that his or her mind will incline. Whatever a person reflects upon over and over again, to that his or her mind will incline. Now I'm sure you've become aware in the last days that you've been here, the uh, ways that our minds reflect over and over again in certain habit patterns. And they may be, uh, when, when we notice them, it's uncomfortable. We don't feel so good about the ways sometimes that we let our minds go over and over again, thoughts and ideas and plans and remembering things that we no longer need to remember to make our lives any better. But imagine if we could reflect on metta, which we try to do in our metta practice over and over again. And imagine if we could reflect on equanimity over and over again. And that became the habit pattern of the mind. It's actually really possible for us to develop a new habit pattern so that when anything happens to us, from uh, triggered from the outer world, or maybe we've already been triggered and uh, we've experienced something inwardly in relationship to the outer experience or the outer event. Imagine if it were possible for our hearts and minds to go to loving kindness, to equanimity, to clarity, to be able to have a response that is good, that's wonderful, that's beneficial. I'm reminded of a story uh, where someone asked a great Zen master, well, what's the benefit of all this practice? What, you know, when we're practicing opening the heart or opening the mind, training the mind, what, what do you get out of all this? And the person asking him or her thought that it would be some highfalutin answer. But all he said was an appropriate response to life. That's what we get out of this. Can we respond with clarity? Can we respond with a heart of kindness? So what we're doing is inclining the mind over and over again in our practice here making a habit pattern of being spaciously balanced, making a habit pattern of being patient and having an evenness of mind. This allows us to be totally clear and receptive with what's going on. And from that clarity and that receptivity, not thinking about, you know, what we think we should do or what we're attached to doing or not getting into our minds some habit pattern of ill will, but really being clean and clear in our receptivity so that we know what's happening and we can respond effectively. This equanimity practice helps us in our Vipassana practice immensely as we continue to develop equanimity, we see that it, it comes naturally 
with our vipassana practice. It supports mindfulness to be able to see things as they really are, not through a lens of reactivity, which is somewhere in the realm of ill will or somewhere in the realm of attachment. So I want to make it clear that this spacious balance that we're developing is not a dull disconnection with life. It's not disengagement. It's full engagement with clarity. And sometimes, of course, because we're human and we still are affected by our habit patterns, they still act themselves out when there hasn't been strong enough um, mindfulness, which happens often even to the best of us, that even after we've acted out, we have a second chance, which is why we do the second part of the practice with each individual. We have a second chance to look it to our own hearts and minds. And when we've already reacted with any kind of aversion or attachment, any form of it, we can bring equanimity there. We can incline the mind and heart towards equanimity in relationship to how we've already reacted, whether it's intense or whether it's refined. We can see what's going on there and we can engage equanimity, put equanimity into the mix there. This is how it is in my own heart right now, not avoiding the pain of our hearts, which we usually do. We run away from the pain of our own hearts, so we don't see so clearly what's going on inside. So when we do the second part of our practice by turning the attention to our own hearts, our own minds, we give ourselves a chance to be at ease with what's going on within us, not to add any more reactivity, not to add reactivity to reactivity, and it can go on and on and on. So that, of course, when we come to a quiet retreat such as this, it feels like we have layers and layers and layers to work with, which is true. Someone said to me that we live in this um, environment, this social environment, where intensity seems to be a value, that we're kind of, to use this person's words, um, it's kind of harsh, but we're intensity junkies, that things need to be intense in order for us to feel like we're alive, to feel like we're really doing things in our life. We're really activating our humanness. But we learn in the practice that it's not necessarily so. Of course, sometimes we are intense or we need to be intense, but we don't need to be intense with ill will or with attachment to our opinion, the ways that we think it should be done. We can have an evenness of mind. We can have a strong uh, feeling and sense of what's right and what's wrong for us at, the, at that moment and for people around us, to be able to say with a great deal of conviction and energy and clarity, we can say yes, we can say no, and it can be very, very clear. It doesn't have, to, the yes doesn't have to be with attachment, and the no doesn't have to be with ill will. This is what equanimity does for us.
So it's not that intensity, maybe, that we're used to. But just because there isn't that intensity doesn't mean that we're just a dull piece of, uh, like a robot. It, it means that we're opening to life more, that we're giving ourselves the capacity to respond with more clarity, which brings, can bring about more compassionate action, actually, for ourselves and others. So, like yesterday, we're going to reflect uh, on, a, on certain persons uh, and allow ourselves to think about that this is where it's okay to think. You have full permission to think about a person, a situation, and let yourself ponder on whatever is going on in that person's life. And then we'll uh, integrate equanimity into the mix of it and use the phrases that help us to incline the mind towards equanimity, to incline the heart towards equanimity in relationship to that person. And let it be okay that it, it is, isn't always pure equanimity, that of course we're human and we feel, we feel about that person or that person's life. We want it to be different for them or we don't like the way it is for them in their life. Of course we're going to feel that way. That, that doesn't make your practice wrong. It just makes you human to see it. So we open to that and we just notice what's going on there, but we do the best we can to bring more equanimity into the mix. And then we turn our hearts to however we're feeling about it, about that person, a more refined look at what's going on in our own hearts. And we receive that with balanced, spacious attention, with, equ with equanimity. And we try as, as much as we can to bring equanimity into the mix so that we can relate to how we're feeling, to maybe how we've reacted. We can relate to that with equanimity so that as much as possible, we're not adding any more reactivity to what's going on in our own hearts. So I just wanted to... Um, explain why we're doing what we're doing and so that you know that we're not uh, making you become just these dull, flat human beings with equanimity, that it's really about clarity, spaciousness, patience, and deep connection with ourselves and with others. So let's do the practice now. So, <clears throat> as in all our practices, vipassana or all the Brahma-vihara practices, we sit comfortably. It helps to bring our attention to the body. <coughs> Whatever is going on in our thinking, we could just touch base with the body for a moment, let the thinking be in the background, bringing mindfulness to the body, sensing the body just sitting here, 
and touching base with any place in the body where we can sense our safety. Maybe it's around our heart center or our breath or any place else in the body. Breathing in and out from that area. And as usual, we begin with the neutral person. Bringing up this person in your mind, heart, being clear about who it is as much as you can. For some of you, there is a visual sense, and for some, there is a simple felt sense of this person. And with this person, we reflect on the universal fact that all beings experience pleasure and pain, that all beings experience praise and blame. We reflect upon this with kindness and compassion. This is how it is for all beings, like ourselves. This being is no different, even if we don't know them so well. And then keeping that neutral person in mind and heart, use the phrase which helps you to continue to incline your heart towards equanimity, towards a spacious, balanced understanding about this person's life in general. <coughs> Pleasure and pain arise and pass away. birth and death, and everything in between arise and pass away. This is how it is for all beings.
and then turning our attention to our own hearts, minds, just seeing what there is to be noticed there in relationship to this neutral person. Maybe it isn't much, and let that be okay. Maybe it's a sense of distance or apathy. Maybe there's a caring, compassion. Maybe there's resistance. Whatever there is, just noticing it with an even, spacious mind and heart. This is how it is for me right now. May I accept what's in my heart just as it is. You can name what's in your heart whenever you want to, whenever it helps to be clear. This is how it is in my heart right now. Now moving on to the next one, a dear friend. This can be a family member, a loved one. Being as clear as you can about who this one is. And then allowing yourself to think about this person, about this person's life. Knowing whatever you know about the ups and downs of this person or their life. 
And as you do that, inclining the heart and mind towards equanimity about this person, about their life, about a particular part of their life, this is how it is for you right now. This is part of your journey. This is the natural unfolding of your process. May I open to how it is for you with balance, spaciousness. And if you haven't already, turn to your own heart and mind and know what there is to know about how you relate to this person, what's going on in your own heart, any form of reactivity, any form of fear, confusion, agitation, or maybe there's okayness, notice what is to be known. And use a phrase that helps to incline the mind towards equanimity, towards some balance about what you find 
in your own heart. May I open to my heart with balance and ease. This is how it is for me in my own heart. Remaining here, if you wish, or moving on to another dear friend, same category, another person in your life. Have a clear sense of who this is. Sometimes it helps to just say this person's name silently, your own mind. Then allowing ourselves to reflect about this person. Their ups and downs of life. Maybe it's a particular situation.
as you continue to reflect, bring in the phrase or understanding that helps you to have a more spacious, balanced relationship about that person. All beings have their own journey. May I open to how it is for you on your journey. All beings have their own karma to live out. Turning to your own heart and mind, noticing whatever is going on there in relationship to this person, to their situation. And opening to that, allowing ourselves to feel the joys and sorrows of our own heart without adding any more reactivity. This is how it is in my own heart right now. This is part of my own journey.
when you're ready, moving on to the next one, a benefactor. Someone who has benefited you. Could be a colleague or an elder, a teacher, a relative, a child. Have a sense of who this is. Calling forth your concentration. Reflecting about this person. All beings are owners of their actions, heirs to their actions. <coughs> their happiness or unhappiness depends upon their actions. And not entirely on my wishes. beings have their own path in life. putting that person's life and reflection about them to the side and knowing what is going on in our own hearts. 
deep within, how do we relate to that person when we're not so concerned about them and their life or thinking about them so much? What are we feeling? Any kind of attachment? Resistance, compassion, balance. Just know how it is. May I open to these deep feelings in my heart with balance, with ease. accept all parts of myself with spaciousness, balance, Now moving on to the last one for today, the difficult person. Have a sense of who you're choosing. Being careful not to choose someone so difficult, like it puts you in a lot of reactivity. So have a sense of who this is. Then allowing ourselves to think about this person, their life or a particular situation.
doing the best we can to relate to that person, that situation, their life, with as much open, spacious balance as we can. Not to worry if we don't feel balanced, but just inclining the mind and heart there, giving it a chance to go there by our simple intentions. May I open to you and your life with equanimity. May my heart be big enough to open to all of who you are without rejecting or preferring. beings have their own journey. Your life is unfolding according to your own karma. This is how it is. Birth and death and everything in between arise and pass away. This is how it is. Noticing now what's going on deep within our own hearts, 
What are the emotions and feelings and sometimes the reactivity that goes through our own hearts in relationship to this person? Letting that person's story be to the side. Putting all of our attention to our own precious heart. Spacious, balanced attention. Receptively knowing whatever is happening there. This is part of my journey. Whatever is unfolding is a lawful part of my journey, my inner journey. into my inner journey. Knowing it clearly in a balanced way. Coming to a close now with this person. Coming to a close with our equanimity practice. Bringing forth again that difficult person, putting beside that person the benefactor, a dear friend on the other side, the other dear friend and a neutral person. It takes some concentration to do this. Just having a sense of all of them together. And then offering our loving kindness, our goodwill to all of them so that we continue to stay in touch with this goodwill as we do our equanimity. Just as I wish to feel safe and protected, may you all feel safe and protected on your journey. Just as I wish to be peaceful and happy, may you be peaceful and happy.
offer you this goodwill without any conditions, just offering my goodwill. Just as I wish to feel at ease with the changing nature of my life, may all of you feel at ease with the changing nature of your lives. And opening the attention to include everyone in this room, may all beings here be happy, radiating our loving kindness, our goodwill, to everyone here at this retreat center, all the meditators and the people who give their service. Here and at the Forest Refuge as well, may you all be peaceful. And to all beings everywhere, including our relatives, our family, may all beings be liberated. you for your practice. That was a lot of concentration, having to bring up all those individuals and to keep going back to the phrases. How do you do with the concentration bit of the practice? You know, having to keep these individuals in your mind, in your heart, bringing up the phrases. So do you have any questions about that? Working on yourself, yes. yeah. Because I, I, I really couldn't keep the people straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couldn't keep the people straight. Yes. But you were able to... Uh, I just tried to hold on to be okay with where I was right now for me. Perfect, yeah. That you were okay, tried to hold on to being okay with where it was for you. Well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes we can't, you know, it's, it's not a good time of the day <laughs> to do this practice, really. Um, you know, it's hot during this time of the day, and we're kind of wilting in the heat, and we're all doing the best we can. But if you could incline the mind towards just being okay with how you were, being lost, and well, that's how it was, and that's, <laughs> that's great. And sometimes that's how it is in life, too. So if you could go there and make a habit of that, I think you deserve a diploma (laughs) (laughs) of equanimity. (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
Couldn't connect to feeling much. Yeah. Uh huh. They all seem kind of the same. Right. Response to to their life or to them in terms of your own response to their life or to them. It all felt kind of the same. Well, that's the way it happens sometimes and. Sometimes we don't feel so much, and let's put that in the mix, too, of how it is in our hearts. We just notice that. And sometimes it takes more, a little more working with it and a little more concentration in that area, going back to ourselves to feel um, some refined places. Like I noticed in myself where I formerly, like yesterday, had felt not very much about the benefactor or uh, about a dear friend I was working with, I saw some glimmering, some kind of openings in myself to, oh, I've got some fear, you know, about that I didn't feel before about my benefactor, one of my benefactors perhaps dying very soon. Or I don't know, she's healthy and strong right now, but you never know. And with a dear friend, I saw some things, some frustration, some like, um, uh, tightness around my heart with regard to them, but it was very subtle. It wasn't a big deal. And um, if I'm feeling not very much, I let that be also a place where I can, can I just accept that? So it's okay, whatever feelings are, we're having, it's okay. And sometimes they can be quite refined and not very intense. Yes, back there next to the wall. Uh-huh. And so I found myself drifting off a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a because of the space between the guidance, sometimes the mind would go off. Yeah. Well, um, it does, and we have to just accept that it does and come back and as we keep doing the practice, we'll keep remembering to come back. Oh, this is where I was with the practice right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, touchy for the the person who's guiding. You know, I realize that there are many of you who need to be reminded. Some of you, and some of you who, when you're reminded, it it actually throws you off track of your own practice of what you're. So I have to kind of intuit what's what's needed and rely on you to, to do the practice. If, if I'm saying something and you know it, it kind of throws you off a little bit, that you just notice that little bump and come back. Or if I'm not saying something, I'm also relying on you to remember, oh, this is where I'm at, and to do the practice. Yeah, but what you're saying is perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. 
let's see who I haven't called upon. He. Um, when it comes to the most difficult person, uh, this is somebody whom I've been praying. Uh, I've been praying to release for about eight months. Uh huh. And I, what I'm trying to release are resentments. Yes. Um, and I didn't realize what I was doing when I started it. I just knew it was kind of like some of those things when they tell you when you're you're thrown overboard and you're if you care if you're wearing a heavy coat, shed the coat so that you can float to the surface. And I felt like eight months ago I had to shed this heavy coat because this resentment was mm-hmm. going to drown me and my. Mm-hmm. In any event. I've been doing this with this person, and every time there's a sense inside of me that I'm lying. That you're lying. That, that I'm lying. In other words, not that I'm lying, but that, well, I'm going to go through this exercise because I know it's the right thing to do, but I don't see, um, I'm not sure that I feel better afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I have mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm going to have to keep doing it forever. Right. <laughs> so working on um, a situation with a person where there's been the prayer to release the resentment about that person, and um, a, a sense that you might have to keep working with it, because even when you shed the heavy coat, uh, like when you've been dropped in the water with a heavy coat, and you feel like you've done that. There's still more. Yeah, and sometimes we do need that gentle, persevering effort. Like, like it may take a long time. It, it may take a long time. And um, as we go through it, though, we may sense that there are some parts of ourselves that feel a little more free. Do you sense that through the eight months, that there's, there's some freedom yes, that's there been is. happening? Okay. Right. Like, it, I exist with other people that are Yeah, so what's missing is that real, genuine goodwill. You feel, you don't feel that completely yet, yeah. So it's a process. It really is a process. And if you keep having faith in, it doesn't happen right away. You know, if you keep having faith in, faith helps you to keep going, then you see that mostly it happens little by little. Remember the other day I said, was it here? I can't remember where I taught and where I said things sometimes, that there was a a particular person in my practice for a long time. This was in my metta practice. And I really had to work with that person. And I couldn't even bring that person up in the difficult person category because it was too painful. And then I was able to bring that person up. And then I just kept offering, just kept offering, offering goodwill. Even though I didn't really feel I was totally into it, I still offered it. And then in, in time, that person came very spontaneously into you know, the different categories, and sometimes just came into the benefactor category, just out of nowhere. And most of the time, we don't experience that like in a formal sitting. It just happens when we're walking around or we're sitting and we all of a sudden think of that person and think, you know, I really want that person to be happy with all my heart. 
So, and then I might add, you know, with these different practices, sometimes equanimity isn't the best practice for that particular situation you're talking about. It, it, it's helpful, but sometimes maybe the, the compassion practice for someone we're really having a lot of regrets with or uh, resentment towards. Um, sometimes it's helpful to see the suffering of that person. And that's what opens our heart when we, we stop, when we're not contemplating the relationship or that person per se or that situation of that person, but we're turning the attention specifically towards the suffering of that person. Not our suffering with them, but their suffering in particular. And if we can bring that up and then develop some equanimity around that, that this is how it is for that person. So with, with all these Brahma Viharas, sometimes one is more a key than the other one. And, and trying that out, see how that works. So in this retreat, we happen to be doing equanimity, but I could still um, recommend that you, know, you, you take the suffering of that person and really just put that in front of you. And sometimes it just opens our hearts more than anything else. So, yeah. Thank you for your practice. And, and let it be a gentle process um, so that we're not having some attachment to some result, which is one thing I was going to say. Sometimes our prayers, and I believe in prayers, Sometimes our prayers can be just so fervent that we don't realize that we're, we're expecting something to come out of it for ourselves or for that person. You know, maybe in our prayers that person feels released, but we don't yet. You know, and, and it, it just takes more time for ourselves to work on that. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for your practice. and. Um, I want to announce to you that uh, I, f I feel it's important af while we're doing equanimity to come back to metta because we really need to integrate and let metta, uh, goodwill, be part of our equanimity practice or else we're just coming from a really dry kind of objective place. So tomorrow we're going to do some metta practice. We're going to go back to metta and leave the equanimity to the side for now. But you may feel more equanimity while you're doing metta. And then the next day, we'll go back to the equanimity practice and do two days of equanimity practice. So um, you'll see, you'll have a chance to see what happens to your metta practice too after you've done a couple of days of equanimity practice. Okay, so hope you enjoy that. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.